Life's a Mitch. G'day guys, welcome back to episode 38 of Life's a Mitch. So last week I spoke to Angie and we spoke all things, what the what the opera is all about, because i got no idea. <laughs> and it was cool, I got the experience of like, you know, what a show might be, some terminology used and basically from an insider's perspective, a story about how opera come to be in the history. So go back, check that out, check out Angie's socials. So this week I've had a, um, a recommendation of a listener, uh, Fran, shout outs to you up there in Brizzy. Uh, about this podcast uh, come up in my feed and it was interesting to sort of hear the story about other podcasters and how they get started because I'm I'm new at this myself. So without further ado, can I please get you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your podcast, please? Yeah, so my name's Emma. Um, I'm 21. I live in Geelong. I'm currently studying full-time um, psychology in the hopes to go on and study sexology and become a registered sexologist. And because of the career path I want to take, I decided to start my own podcast, The Sealed Section, because I it's one of those careers that there isn't just a job I can like look up on seek.com and be like, registered sexologist and <laughs> go get a job. <laughs> um, there's literally, when you just look up even like sex therapy, anything like that, there's literally nothing. And I was like, shit how am I going to make money? Like, if I want to do this, like, how am I going to go about it? So I decided to make this podcast just to kind of get my foot in the door and make contacts and learn a lot along the way. And so it's a sex positive podcast. Um, I talk about basically everything, sex, relationships, uh, sexuality, and I have guests come on most weeks and we break down different issues together and get a lot, like some of their background, which has been amazing because I've gotten to hear different perspectives that I would never have even thought of, especially like those from like sex workers, medical professionals, people living with like STIs, because I haven't had that lived experience, it's so hard to understand it until you really talk to someone. And I knew like going in and studying sexology that they will be topics that will be discussed in an intellectual setting and from an academic perspective. And I feel like this is just giving me just a different insight that like my um, lecturers wouldn't necessarily be able to give me unless I've had that like lived experience and it's been amazing being able to share those stories and talk about these issues because they're issues that so many of us if you're having sex or even if you're not you will come across and a lot of us don't know how to deal with it or feel shame around it so it's awesome to be able to like talk about all those like different issues trying to trying to normalize the like some of the stigmas that a lot of people wouldn't be confident enough to speak about otherwise. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. And kudos to yeah. you for, for like taking that extra initiative, especially whilst, you know, during the stage of your studies, you know, you're sort of like yeah. going, you know, I'm not only, not only am I like, you can obviously tell that you're passionate about what you do. Otherwise you wouldn't spend extracurricular time doing it. So good on you. And so where did, where did the fascination about sexuality and all, all, all sorts of things sort of come from for you? Yeah, well, it kind of, I've always kind of been intrigued by it. I think it's something, sex is that thing that a lot of people are intrigued by. Even like growing up here, like, it's that thing, you know, you kind of know it exists, but you're not meant to talk about it. And, you know, the parents try to keep it all hush hush and especially like in an Australian culture. So it's always something that obviously intrigued me. And then obviously through my experiences growing up, I realised there is such a big gap in the education system. And it wasn't until I was 18 and I was having casual sex for like the first time and then I got into a relationship and having the talk around STIs, which is a chat that a lot of people, I just know, I think it was just because like young people especially just don't want to have that chat. It's something that you kind of sleep under the rug. It's intimidating a lot of people don't want to talk about that especially just with casual sex like if you pick someone up from the club they don't they're not going to stop you and be like oh where was your last sti screening because it's something that we just never talk about (laughs) and especially because like i'm only 21 and i never it's never brought up from the other person from my experiences so far and then that left me in a predicament (laughs) where i got into this relationship i didn't know how to talk about it 
And then I decided to go and get tested and the test came back positive for chlamydia. And that was terrifying. As an 18 year old, I was like, holy shit, what do I do? One, I don't, like, I've never really even learned about chlamydia. Like I had one two minute segment on it in in like year nine. And then it was just like, oh my God, what do I do? How do I tell my boyfriend? Cause that's going to be an awkward conversation. How do I talk about it with my friends? Because no one else has ever talked about this. And if we have, it's been in a joking kind of light. Like everyone who, when you talk about STIs, especially in your like um, late teens, early twenties, even throughout all of life, people just take the piss out of it. Like it's always just, you know, a joke. And I kind of realized, oh my gosh, there's so much I just don't know. And I more, even more scary, I don't know how to talk about it. And I don't know how to discuss it with my boyfriend, with my friends, with anyone. And then when I started having the conversations, I realized how much stigma there was because it's something I just, you know, I just didn't think about it. And then I realized there is so much stigma and there's everyone is terrified of STIs. They think they're dirty and they're just seen as this bad thing. You, you know, you have to be like a slut if you have an STI, all those different kind of stories that are attached to it and then so that happened I didn't know how to talk about it and so I didn't really talk about it too much it was kind of like the sent the text hey I've got chlamydia let's never talk about it again so because we didn't communicate I contracted it from them again because they didn't go and do all the right things I just assumed that that's what would happen apparently it's not (laughs) and (laughs) That then led to, from that, pelvic inflammatory disease. And I remember, because I had to go see heaps of doctors and like gynecologists trying to work out what was going on. And just hearing pelvic inflammatory disease, I was like, well, what's that? Like, what what does that mean? What is this? Why haven't I been taught like in school about this? And it led to a whole, this was like a debacle of like a whole year. And it really just made me realize how much I didn't know, how much the people around me didn't know and how much we don't talk about it. And then from there, I started looking into like heaps of sex positive accounts on like Instagram, YouTube. And it just led me into this whole new world that I just didn't even know existed. Like it's crazy, all the resources out there, all the different stories that people have and all the different issues that are attached to sex that you just... I don't know, I just never would have associated with it until I kind of probably even had that experience. And it's just, yeah, once I started, I just couldn't stop looking into everything. Once, and then Once you pop, you can't stop, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was just like, it was fascinating, honestly. And it just showed me how conservative Australia is. You don't realise it till you look into it, but we are quite a conservative country, especially when looking into this like world of sex and it was just really cool delving into all of that and then from there I decided to completely change everything change my uni course change the psychology told the parents that's it I'm gonna be a sex therapist sexologist they were like oh my god what does this even mean especially dad because he's like grown up on a farm out in the country country Australia builder and he was just like oh my god what are you doing (laughs) but um yeah so that's kind of how it I suppose like came about that's cool so it's like okay so a few things one so this instance of catching chlamydia has caused you to change your career path I'd say that's a pretty positive case right there two yeah (laughs) you um you know so I'm 10 years older than you and um in my time, I like to be honest. I'm I'm bi curious, and I've slept with over a hundred people. Um, still clean, but I've got some absolutely incredible stories in there as well. And three, you talk about things like not being exposed to it, and unless that you know there is an exposure to it, that's how people they 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 navigate an autopilot. So I know for a fact that one uh, sex sex like podcast and relationship podcast that I've listened to is um the hookup on triple j and so it's pretty much a similar setting to your podcast and you know they get experts in and talk about all and the idea is to try and normalize it so 
it's just fortuitously I work shift work and on every Sunday night it's on. So we have a listen and, you know, you got grown adults giggling like at the, the, a few weeks ago, the episode was about pegging. You're like, <laughs> you like getting pegged, yeah. don't you, Mitch? I'm like, well, as a matter of fact, yeah, I do. Or what? <laughs> and then it's just like that because they're not exposed to that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I sort of threw him off. So I, I don't really, but it doesn't matter, mate, because you just, you, you can't be so closed minded about things like this. And, when you, when you are opened up to a whole bigger world of things, like me uh, doing this storytelling podcast, it's like that theory. You know, if you go out and buy a blue Mazda, you see blue Mazdas everywhere. And then yeah, one, yeah. once you see, once you become aware of like such a thing, it's like, okay, cool. So this normality, you know, you, you're exposed to something at a young age that a lot of people aren't, but you were proactive. You had the mindset to go, you know what? I'm going to get tested and find out what all these things mean. And a lot of curious minds would just go, ah, fuck it. It'll go away. So who cares? But like, yeah. like you sound like me, you sound like you're pretty inquisitive and you like to know for lack of a better term, how the sausage is made and how the, you know, how the, <laughs> yeah. how, you know, you know what I mean? Like how the, where the info comes yeah, from. I do. And, and I, I sort of resonate with what you said because you meet these people that have incredible stories and it's pretty much like you're similar in the aspect of, you like to raise awareness, share stories, hear stories, share your own experiences. And from that, like my potty here, you create some awesome content and then people can talk about it. So, you yeah. know, based on what, you know, just with that, it's resonating with me already. And um, I, yeah, I've, I've had some absolute uh, experiences. Hey, I, um, I can imagine <laughs> sex is one of those things that it can be amazing, but it can be an absolute shit show at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I um I can't believe I'm about to say this. Would you like to hear one of the awkward stories? I'd love to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so not long after I broke up with my first long-term girlfriend, um, I was about oh, probably 22, 23, say, or thereabouts. And online dating was like, this was a my, get you talking on MySpace and then you get someone's number yeah. and talk to them on MSN Messenger or something like that. So this is old school. Yeah. But, um, you know, you meet up with someone and, you know, or in, in the clubs, dancing up like I can bust a move. I cut shapes like an absolute butcher. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I hooked up with this with this uh, this girl, and uh, we decided to go home. And she's sharing a house with her auntie in what is more, more referred to as a ghetto. So it's like rough yeah. as. And the doors open, and the auntie is having sex with a guy I know. And in the roughest voice I've ever heard, all you can hear is, put your dick in me. I'm like, oh, no, what am I doing here? And, and I, I, I had the, in quotes, beer goggles on hardcore. And I swear yeah. this girl's voice was deeper than her auntie's. She's like, I want you to do the same to me. Just wait here while I go and have a shit. I'm like, I, I, I cannot be here. I cannot be here. So I, did you she, pull through or did you leg it? No, I. while she was in having a shit, I changed my name in her phone and legged it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Smart move, changing the name oh, in the phone. <laughs> I was just like, and I changed the digits to the number two, and I did, all I heard was, where'd you go? <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. Like, oh, I, and like. That is hilarious. It was, I don't know, like, I don't want to be disrespectful, but um, they used to say that, the guys she hooked up with at the club I met her at were her victims. And it's, it's just like, oh, no. Oh, I've had some. I've had some. So for a while there. Okay, yeah, so, but when you have the beer goggles on, it can happen. <laughs> I'll, I'll, can I share one more with you real quick? Yeah, of course. So around the same period, there's a, a, a tavern near me called Edgeworth Tavern. And it's back, yep. in, back in around circa 2010. The alumni there were known to have been like of less less attractive quality, let's say. And my friends used to look at me making out with a bird going, oh, Mitch, what are you doing? I was a shocker. And uh, for a while there, they were calling me Lancelot. Oh, why are you calling me Lancelot? Because your cock is Excalibur and you slayed a few beasts, champion. Fair dinkum. <laughs> it's just like fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> that is a creative fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh, the, that's the, funny. And the more I think about, like the, because the number I'm at is like, let's face it, it's disgusting. I'm not proud of it at all. 
Um, yeah, but it shouldn't be something that, like, that's one thing I talk about a lot. There should be no shame when it comes to numbers. Like, it's literally, like, a number. It means nothing. It doesn't in the in grand scheme In my opinion. Things. Oh, you're no. right, though. In the grand scheme of things, like, I'm still, I still get checked regularly. I'm still clean and all that stuff. You know, spending, because I'm still relatively young, like, spending your 20s having fun and stuff. Well, I've lived overseas, and when you're the, when you're the foreign guy or girl you are the exotic piece of fruit as they call oh, it yeah it's like i worked in an australian themed bar for a time in england called walkabout and i for a while there i was the only aussie on staff yeah. and you're like oh can i get a pint of something yeah okay what would you like oh, you australian wow wow it's so on <laughs> <laughs> and i'm either semi-decent looking or people are really good at feeling sorry for me either way <laughs> it was it was um it was just people would take the opportunity. Oof. It's like as Eminem voice, this opportunity comes once in a lifetime until next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I've got a hundred of those stories. Anyway, so I digress. Have you had any like funny like guests on your show, any really outrageous stories so far? Um so outrageous stories of like my guests or, or, or just or, myself. Or your own, either or your own, either oh, way. I've had probably I've had both. I had um one guest come on. Um, her name she goes by is Leah Knight. And at the time so she's a sex worker. She's worked in um strip clubs, brothels, um, doing porn, like she's done heaps. And she had this story where she was one of her first um, times or in the first few months of working and she said she um, was in the brothel and they get like everyone to shower before they um, like do any like sexual acts and the guy was like oh no like I'm not going to need a shower and she's thinking okay like what what's going on here and anyway she said he just told her to sit on the bed and then he went to like up against the wall did a handstand and then sucked himself off and that was the show he just paid so she could watch it while he was just in this handstand position i i had no words i was just sitting i was like what <laughs> like one the ability the physical ability to only really hold yourself up there but to do that <laughs> i I'm a, i consider myself an international pun mule and uh, all I got to say is that uh, he's got to hand it to himself. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. That was probably one of the like craziest stories I've heard. And then myself, I've had so many, particularly when it comes to Tinder, it seems to just, Tinder just has this vibe. Things just don't go well. Like they either go really well or it's just like out of the movies. Like just weird shit happens to me. And I had one time... Um, yeah, I was seeing this guy. Everything was, like, beyond perfect. Like, it was just too so was... good to be true. Okay. Yeah, and I said that to my friends. I was like, it just, it's too good to be true. And then I was like, a few little, like, red flags, like, were coming out. But I was like, you know what, we'll just, we'll ignore those. It's fine. And then one morning we're in bed and the car pulls up and he's like, oh, because he, like, lived at home still. And he's like, oh, mum must be home. I was like, shit. This is going to be so awkward. Like, I don't want to meet your mum like this. Like, it's clearly a booty call. Like, that's so awkward. And anyway, like, you hear him, like, walk in and they come straight for the bedroom door. And I'm like, holy shit, like, I'm done for here. So I kind of, like, hide under the covers a bit because, like, I'm naked. And I don't really want them just to walk in and see everything. And, like, the door swings open. And I just hear, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in so much trouble. Like, what am I gonna do to get myself out of this one? Anyway, I like look over the covers and I'm like, oh, that's so weird. Is that like his cousin? I was like, that's so strange. And then after like five seconds, I was like, oh no, that's the girlfriend. <laughs> anyway, his girlfriend had stormed on in and it was just a shit show from there. And there was like screaming, everything that you can imagine. I was there, like, oh my God, am I about to like, is she even gonna hit me? Do I have to get up naked in front of her? Like, chuck clothes on like what do I do I was just like frozen and then it just ended up getting so much worse because they like she was screaming at him she's like I was pregnant with your baby two days ago two days earlier when I was at his house she was getting an abortion and and he didn't go because he was sick and he had me come over instead wow yeah 
I um I know, I, wow, I'm I've done many things, but that is absolutely dark. That's dark, man. Oof. Yeah, yeah. And then it turns out there was lots of other like girls on the side too. I was just one of the many. And then once this like happened, she then realized, oh, there's this one and there's this one too, which I don't know how he worked it all into his schedule. Obviously, he had a little slip up, but <laughs> I um I hope you got tested. Oof. Yeah, What's no, that, trust that? me, I did. <laughs> so there was a. There was a, okay, I'm going to share another, one of my Tinder stories. A lot of people know about the time when I went to England, uh, met up with a girl on Tinder. We had coffee. She pretty much asked me there and then for, for rent money. I said, no, okay, fuck off. Anyway, so yep. when I was um, living in Liverpool, same same place, I um, I hooked up with a bird and, oh, sorry, slept with a girl, whatever you want to call it. And we, <laughs> we got together and I was there at her house. Oh, it was the early hours of the morning. I'm hungover as, and what I thought I gave a decent performance turned out to be only okay at best. Anyways, all good. That's not important. The next morning, the boyfriend walks in and he's like, who the fuck are you? I'm like, um, my name's Jeff. That's all I said. <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> I don't know. We watched 22 Jump Street the night before. <laughs> my name's Jeff. <laughs> He's like, is this some sort of piss take? I'm like, I said, look, man, it looks like we're both because she was having a shower or something. I said, look, I didn't know yeah. she had a, a fella. And she's like, and he's like, well, she could have told me. And then he started stretching. I'm like, what the fuck? Because he thought that I was there for both of them. Oh, my gosh. And apparently after talking to this guy, I said, no, nah, man, like I'm at that point in my life, I wasn't into that. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm, yeah. I've just been, you know, I even showed him the message stream and I asked her if she's single. She said, yes. So I said, look, I know you probably want to punch my head in. I get that, but, you know, we just need to talk about this. And he's like, okay, no worries. I'm not going to do that because you were lied to as well. Really good guy. Friends with yeah. him to this day. And she come out of the shower. She looked at him. She looked at me. She's like, oh, I didn't think you were home till tomorrow. Not sorry. And he looks at me and goes, pub, pub. So I went home and, <laughs> I went home and you know, washed my dick for a bit. <laughs> and then we went and we, we went out and got on the beers and uh, we met a few more girls. Oh, my gosh. And we started dating these girls for a few months. So it was it was interesting. He's like, you got to be my wingman after this, the Australian guy. And it was it was great. It's, it, oh. You just got to go like, I, I personally would rather end things than actively cheat on someone because I can't. I'm yeah, not used 100%. to that. And have you, talking about interesting stories, do you know the story about Emma Jane Holmes? Have you heard of, have you spoken to her yet? No, I haven't. So she is a, she's an author. She released a book earlier this year who has gone on TV shows and spruiked about a book. So she was a, at, well, during the daytime, she worked at a funeral parlor and of a nighttime, she was a stripper. And, yeah. um, you know, the, 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 the book's called One Last Dance and she talks and it says that she trades her life from, you know, from high heels and hearses, it's an interesting story. So if you're looking for a cool guest, yeah. I'm interviewing her in a few weeks. She knows a friend of mine and um, it's quite yeah, an interesting right, story cool. to tell. And just read read yeah. some of her book and it's just um, like some of the insight that goes on in the sex industry is, is, is pretty full on. Yeah, it is. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm maybe Especially, I should get... Sorry, you go. I'll cut oh, you sorry, off you oh. I was just going to say maybe I should oh, get I... some people from the industry on to tell their stories as well. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. They're such, it's very interesting. I learn a lot because I've spoken to strippers, porn stars, um, those like sex workers working in brothels, like various different ones. And it's very interesting to talk to them. And a lot of them are just like, yeah, everyday people that go into, like just go into it. I think there's like this kind of idea that, that people have to be like struggling to do it. But a lot of them just happened to just come across it some of it like did go in because they're like I just needed extra cash and the normal nine to five just like doesn't work but they're awesome to talk to and especially with some of the especially because I was coming from like a perspective trying to break down like stigmas and different issues there's certain things um like for instance I remember I was talking about how if one like with boundaries and how if one sex worker is more lenient with boundaries and letting them be pushed then that can lead to another sex worker being sexually assaulted because that person thinks it's okay to push boundaries and I thought like yep yeah, that's a you know a, an issue but then I had one 
um, sex worker give me the insight they're like well you don't know everyone's position maybe they don't have enough money to you know put food on the table that week they have to have their boundaries pushed because they need that money so it's really interesting talking to them because you just get diff- this perspective that you don't necessarily think about unless you're like in that position you're exactly right um i had a, a conversation with a lady who was the most unlikely person to be a consent expert so two weeks ago I spoke to a lady named Addie. She's from Tasmania and she's a, she runs a circus school and has been a circus performer over the world. And these days she educates people through the idea of consent. And, you know, yep. obviously consent is more things than just your physical consent to have sex, of course. But, you know, the idea of pushing someone's boundaries isn't, isn't a good idea. But if you, you know, ask and have consent, that maybe that, that specific worker that night wouldn't mind having something a little bit out of the norm. But if you have permission to do it, then there's less likely to have severe consequences happen per se. So, yeah. you know, I think I think it's important no matter where you are. Um, so especially from a guy's perspective. So um, you take things like Tinder. So I understand that it's in this day and age, it can be quite frustrating for a female out there. It could be scary. Like, you know, there's one story that was shared on Hack on a Triple J months ago was a guy matched up with a girl she went around to his house she was taken there under false pretenses she and she felt for obliged to have sex with him because it would have been the lesser of two evils if she said no mm-hmm. and then after that he unmatched her she didn't she was never given a phone number and she um had no other way to contact him which i think is a pretty scary story um but you know yeah she probably should have got his phone number of course but that's sort of beside the point and um, like it's just in this day and age that that can happen it's especially all the technology around it's uh it's it's crazy um so it, yeah it is yeah it's hard too because you just don't know what you're walking into especially if you just go into it like just off tinder like you haven't gone and done any other background research like you one you just don't know what you're walking into too even when you do that you never know who the person's going to be no. unless you have like mutual contacts that you could be like what's like you know what's this person like you just don't know but then the same thing like if you apart from maybe being able to like pick up some idea on who they might be if you're at a nightclub and take someone home it's kind of like the same you know like scenario like I think dating apps get a really bad rap but like there's so many other scenarios where that same kind of situation can happen it's almost like a game of luck which is bad but it's 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 right it it's, is. it's luck it's it's also comparative to say having a job interview or buying a car or something it's like you want mind the pun bang for your buck but you're welcome yeah like 100%. it's, it's <laughs> sorry that's horrible it's um <laughs> it's uh, i'm trying to think of the way to articulate it but essentially it when you select you know it, let me try again especially during times of covid and pandemic we're all locked down we're all like restricted yeah. to what we can do so you can't just go dancing in deck clubs like you could for it for a time there and everyone's bored at home so let's try this let's let's see what happens and in my time i've spoken to people older than i the idea of changing uh dating and changing has has changed as technology has evolved so when things like tinder and all things have come out it, there's never been more time to be you know it, you can select more what you want you've got more choice in the matter whereas if you go to a nightclub yeah, and meet you have someone, all the choice and yeah probably a poor choice of words there but you, in a nightclub you don't find out as much as swipe, swiping on someone's profile say if that makes sense yeah yeah that's yeah. very true yeah well you can have everything <clears throat> sorry you can have everything in front of you that you might want to know and especially when you can have access because a lot of them like put in they're like Instagram, different things. Like you can go and see everything, but then I suppose it's how they construct it too, especially if you're going just off Tinder. They can, you know, and because everyone's putting like their best, their best self forward, their best pictures usually and like, you know, best everything. But I suppose it's sometimes as hard as you just have to like go with your gut in those situations if it's feeling right. But also it comes back to like education and stuff too, back in putting it in schools and society educating everyone to have respectful relationships know understand consent and boundaries and how to have these interactions so that they you know are safer and they are what both people 
are expecting because I think communication is another big issue so many people are scared to communicate about what they actually want and what their intentions genuinely are and kind of put people more just on the spot or don't even communicate and especially in like a sexual encounter like they'll just say like they'll you'll be having sex with someone and they'll just go and put a finger in your ass and no nothing no words have been exchanged no nothing and for some people that you know they'll they'll walk away and be like I would you know I was assaulted they there was no consent there nothing was said so I think communication's a big yeah big thing and important thing too that's exactly right like I, if someone put their finger in my bum that would be a bad idea because I have Crohn's disease that is a one-way highway I can assure you <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> and but but you're exactly right though it's all it, it, it's all about respect too um so if you Say, you know, you and I matched and I went around your house or whatever and Netflix and chill literally just means Netflix and chill. Some people, you know, think, oh, yeah, like the stereotype is, oh, she wants to bang. like. But if yeah. that's not expressed, then obviously it's not on. And then because they build up the hype in their head that that's what's going to happen, they crack the shits because they don't get their own way. This happened to a friend of mine. Yeah, I think it happens to him repeatedly more than he'd like to admit. But um, he smooth talker, like smooth as my bald head and has such yeah. a way with ladies. And he just, you know, he, he gets in his head that something's going to happen. And he just, you, 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 could, you could yell it into your blue in the face, but you just won't get the message. It's like, mate, just slow down. He wonders why he's not in a relationship. It's because he just cannot, sometimes you have to surrender. You cannot call all the shots. Yeah. Experiences and relationships go from 100% control to 50-50 or whatever. Um, yeah, that at least that's that's what I found like in my circle of friends and in my experiences too, actually. Um, so what yeah, other? Yeah, no, definitely. I've oh, sorry, you go. I was just gonna say you finish that thought, and I've got a question after follow up question. Yeah, um, I was just gonna say there is, especially if you said there, like the Netflix and chill idea. There is this, uh, like you know that idea that if someone invites you over to watch a movie, that you have to have sex. There is just that like unspoken pressure and like I suppose especially through social media and stuff it's kind of um and just the way we talk about it and obviously other people's experiences reinforces that idea but there is that expectation that if you do you know if someone invites you over that for that that you're going to have sex and I found myself now if I'm meeting up with someone I have to like explicitly say don't come over if you're just expecting to have sex with me because with online dating you don't know like if they could walk through the door and you're like I actually don't vibe with you and then it's that really awkward situation trying to say no and because for so many of us especially like talking like as a woman and from all the women around me it's so hard to say no like it's just when that pressure's there it's really intimidating and especially like when that expectations there too like I feel like I have to set that boundary so that when I do say no it's not a surprise because otherwise that's when it gets messy and they'll push or they'll start making moves going from you know making out with you to trying to get to the next step in five seconds because apparently foreplay isn't a thing many people know about and uh, they it's just that's my my best move <laughs> Literally, four players, the best move someone can have. Um, and yeah, I just find it's, it's got to this point where you do almost have to like explicitly say that you don't like you're not looking looking for that. Even if I am, that's what I'm looking for. Put it out there just so there's no confusion and there isn't, dis- I suppose, like disappointment. And it makes it easier to say no because I found myself in situations where I suppose it comes back to people's like fight, flight or freeze kind of response. I'm like a freezer and like I just freeze and I'm like, just go with it. Going with it's easier than, you know, going like with the conflict, which is like I know something I have to work on myself, which I suppose is me taking that step before. But I know for a lot of other women, they come across like with that same issue. And that sucks. Like that, hearing that breaks my heart. Like I know that there are, and it's not all women feeling the pressures like men do as well. Like, yeah. I have had, yeah, of course. there was a, a girl I was texting a few years ago and the term, it wasn't Netflix and chill. It was uh, bumble and tumble. You want to come over for some bumble and tumble? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. So met up like, but this is how I go about things now. 
I will meet someone in a mutual location, generally for a coffee, or if I get along well with them, I had a few. I'll actually, what I'll do now is I'll FaceTime people first, because at least that way you get some yeah. like some sort of semi reading that you get along with them, and um, and then they you know if they know what I look like, then they probably won't won't run away from the human table. Anyways, so <laughs> we you have a mutual meeting, coffee, a, a, a beverage, whatever. I tend to go midweek. That way, most people can go after work. I'm a shift worker, so I get days off midweek each week. And if they're like legitimately keen to see you, then you don't have to wait to the weekend. You can do it there and then. You know, at a time it's mutual. Because that way, if you need to go, you can. I got to go. It's work or whatever. Yeah. And you don't vibe it. So yeah. I think that that's how I like to go. And from that point, there's been a few dates that have gone so well that you know there is a bit of tumble and rumble at the end of it. But like, generally, it takes a few dates and. If you if you're keen about the person, you want to make it long term, then there's no rush. But at the same time, if there's a vibe there, I tend to go with it. Never you can you can't force yeah. things, and if it's not on, then it's not on. Don't force anything because if you do, that person will resent you. And like, who wants to have forceful, like delving that that's very sexual assault region, and stay away from that because yeah, it's definitely. an evil thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. How? Uh, yeah, it's a heart. It's. I was going to say, in your with all your guests, um, have you seen like any common trends that have popped up about like in regards to consent or tre- or like things that people do? Or does that make sense? Yeah. Um. Oh, that's a good question. I'm good. Suppose, I'm good at this. <laughs> yeah. I suppose they all like with consent. I suppose they all kind of say the same thing. Like. You have to know your own boundaries first. I think that's a big thing. People often don't stop and go, hang on, what am I actually okay with and what am I not okay with? And they often don't even know that themselves. So I think that's a really important thing, like to step back and work out what you're actually comfortable with. And obviously that's something that's fluid. It can constantly change. So always checking back in with yourself and it's different between every person. What you might like with one person is different with what you might like with another person. Like it just, it's constantly changing and it can change from day to day from just your, you know, your mood and your mindset. Like it's, you know, just, it's a fluid thing. So I think that's one thing, like seeing, setting your boundaries, understanding them and knowing that they are fluid and you can evolve and change. And what's okay one day might not be the next day, which then obviously can be, tricky with partners but I think just communicating but it's so hard because saying to just communicate doesn't help communication like it's you need actual tangible tools and ways to go about it and we're all different like some people some people are introverted and they don't they're not as confident to speak up like people like you and I who you know broadcast publicly as a passion project like obviously we're not shy when it comes to to communicating but in relationships themselves my most of my adult life i'd say since i was 18 up to now i've been single for 75 percent or 80 percent of that and so some things along the way confidence wise i missed in terms of relationships but i'm grateful in one stance because when i go up and talk to someone i know what i'm all about and you know i'd say to anyone anyone out there who might be navigating the dating game or even in their own relationship just based on my experiences i'm by no means an expert this is what emily's here for I am, um, you know, just others cannot be happy with you unless you're in yourself. And if there is something that's dra- you're dragging into new relationships or like past experiences that seem to leak out in in negative ways and leave these bad sort of leaves, I've got for a best for a lesser word, leaves a negative residue or oozing out. Um, it's not yeah. it's not actually weak to go and speak to someone to sort it because no one is looking for a charity case. No one wants to piece someone together. And if they are, they probably aren't right for you. But like, I always think that if you're happy in yourself and you can present the best version of yourself, the vibrant you, you know, then it's it's the way to go. Would you agree with me there, Emily? Or what, what advice would you give? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think you have to, the best relationships you're going to have are when you're, you know, completely comfortable within yourself because then you can give your role, you don't, have to hide aspects of you and you come into the relationship with a lot lot less shame more self-esteem and you can have a loving relationship i think going into a relationship trying to fill a void is also can be really messy and 
it might not work out in the way you want it to and then it's toxic you're looking to get this take this thing from this person to feel something within you that you can only do yourself because that person may not always be there and when that person leaves you're left with just yourself and I think it's really important to work on yourself first and then from the other side say you're dating someone who's come into the relationship with past trauma and that can be really daunting it can be hard to work through because I've got different triggers and being supportive is super important but knowing you you know you're not there to to fix them you don't have to be able to solve their their issues and feel like you have to be their therapist or this and that like it's really important to know you know have those boundaries too and be like no they actually need to seek help professional help because having that pressure on yourself being that person in the relationship trying to fix everything and trying to hold this person together is so much pressure and it will break you down yourself so I think it's really important to know when you do need to seek professional help and especially even if you're in a relationship and start struggling things come up like throughout your life there might be something from your childhood that you haven't thought about in 20 years and then something happens and it's all brought up and in a relationship that can put a lot of different pressures on it within it and change the dynamics of relationship so just not being ashamed of seeking help which I think which I think comes back to especially like mental health trying to take that stigma out of it because I think to making that first step of getting professional help is super important but it's terrifying like I know myself there's times I'm like I need to see someone but it's like the thought of that is terrifying it is um yeah yeah because it's not normal it's not like you know it's not this so there are tribes people in the Amazon who according to a, a spiritual podcast that I've listened to I don't know if it's true or not but they of the belief that they can communicate they call it communicating on the wind and it's of the belief that they are telepathic and then they can communicate messages but since they've deemed it normal and that they you know they're not afraid to venture into the one of the harshest environments on the planet known as like the Amazon like since they deem it normal they're not afraid of it so you know the more that you train your brain to be desensitized to traumatic things like going to speak to someone like i would challenge anyone to bust out of their comfort zone and i guarantee you if you do yes it's scary as hell but the the reward the reward is quite often worth more than the risk that it, that it shows like for example if you hop on a plane you're scared of heights but you get to the dream destination maybe it's worth a few hours of a little bit uncomfortableness and turbulence and whatever or you know, if you, that's just one example of many, like doing this podcast, it scares the shit out of me. Well, you know, at the start I did now, yeah. it's now I can just talk rubbish and carry on like an idiot and people tend to laugh at it yeah. or that, or they feel sorry for me, but that's cool because <laughs> the person who loves the sound of Mitch's voice the most is definitely Mitch. Like it's great. Yeah. And you're able to have these intelligent conversations and share stories. And I think the fact that you're doing it, out of curiosity and, and like out of passion to better your own career is is like fantastic and people that would be on your podcast can see the professionalism coming through because not only you, are you just doing it as a chore it's a genuine passion and i think that's fantastic i'm mitch kelly yeah no, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you gotta take your passion and because that was one thing growing up people always like what are you going to be what are you going to do and I was like I don't know like yeah I could see myself being a copper but like would I wake up every day and be like yeah I love mob probably not and I could see myself doing this and that and like I'd probably like it but I don't think I would love it and it wasn't until this that I was like I can get up every day and guarantee you that I'm going to love talking about sex and all the issues that come with it and all of those different just different things that you know come with sex that I originally didn't even know did but I'm like I just know that even though obviously there's going to be hard parts within it that it's going to be one of those jobs that I will genuinely enjoy and love to do in my personal life professional life (laughs) like yeah it'll be awesome that's what she said (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) so fair enough I I, there was a few moments I could have just gone that's what she said I um, am sorry sorry. that's sorry about that (laughs) so no it's fine I used to say it all the time too it's growing up (laughs) (laughs) so I'll I'll switch things up for a minute so every episode um, one it has two consistent parts 
good storytelling and we have a good whinge wine sook um quite often whinge about first world problems so i was wondering emily would you like to have a bitchy with mitchy today i'd love to i'd love to have a good bitch session <laughs> so if you got something ready to go is there something that absolutely pisses you off or do you need to have a think about it for a second i can i can come up with something well there's a lot of things, especially in relation to sex. There's a lot. And especially like let's even a, let's do, all let's do the a time. sex theme bitch session. This is great. Yes, hundred percent. No, but there's so much and across the whole world. Like at the moment, like the Texas abortion laws. Bullshit. That pisses me off. I could have a bitch session about that all day. And then like censorship, especially Instagram and Facebook at the moment, anyone who works within the sex industry, whether it be education um, or, you know, promoting their sex work, you literally cannot post anything. The hashtag vagina got taken down the other day, but then you look up penis on Instagram and there's hundreds and hundreds of different hashtags, but vagina is not allowed, like. There's so much that I can you, literally. You can, what you cannot hashtag vagina on Instagram. Now. No, they took it. They got rid of it completely. So there's not like if you type in vagina, there's literally nothing. And then yeah, you right. type up penis, and there's every single possible thing that you could imagine. Probably which a link. Is crazy. Probably a link to Pornhub uh, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, but. It's the censorship just, I understand parts of it, but as a general rule, it pisses me off. Fair enough. And it's just becoming heavier, like the censorship's becoming, it's like you think we're moving towards a more progressive world, but the censorship is becoming a lot stronger, which is just frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I suppose a couple things. I had one thing that I had wrote down, which was interesting. Someone had said to me, um, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and it, it was like ready for a bitch session, but I had no one around to bitch to. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it would be interesting to get your perspective too as a man. But they basically, they I got a message and they asked me, they were like, why are women promoting sex toys to other women? And he used some word, I can't think of what it was, but he was like, it basically, he was like, it seems a bit dodgy to me and it didn't agree with it. I couldn't understand why women were doing that and thought there was something wrong with it so obviously i was just like that, took a step back and that to me you want my opinion on that yeah sure Old mate's closed-minded and it's kind of bigoted actually like so what he's what he's essentially done is he's made an assumption based on his own knowledge base which sounds to me he's terribly misinformed and instead of asking you know oh so instead of educating himself further and you know why a woman would like to expand her knowledge base and share her wisdom with another woman, say. She's just going, what the fuck were they doing that for? Like, well, hang on, champion. Yeah. You're not a woman for starters, so you can't never understand. Yeah. And if you want to yeah. know, then ask the question. That's my... Yeah. So my... my um Also further to that is that he's going to miss out on, like, better sex later on because it sounds to me like he's a one-and-done kind of person, whereas, like, wouldn't you want to know? Like, wouldn't you want to learn the better intricacies of your way around a vagina or you know different you know stimulation techniques or whatever it might be and then that for the like the more i know the bigger the knowledge and the bigger the knowledge base is, is the better experience that i'll have for myself later on with yeah, the person exactly, of course yeah, that's, well, that's that's what i think and i think that um talking to people of different uh, sexual orientations so some of the best advice i've been given to satisfy women was from gay men and he said, yeah. my friend Chris, he was on a few weeks ago and he had a conversation with me about two or three years ago. And he said that, you know, why don't you try getting yourself a cock ring? I said, ooh, what is this? Okay, so he's like, it's like a belt for your little fella. And you strap your testicles in and when you tighten it, it holds the blood in your penis a bit better, therefore allowing you to go for longer. And when you finally reach that orgasm, it's it's it, it's multiplied and it's so much better and and by doing so, the person that you are banging, for lack of a better word, you'll be able to last longer and have a more pleasurable time. So it's things like that that when you break the stigma down and go, oh, I'm not listening to that guy, like that closed-mindedness is probably the reason old mate is bigoted by the sound of it. I'm Mitch Kelly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's so true. And I was like, he's missing the point of it being so much more. It's 
the fact that women can post, you know, I've just got this sex toy and it's absolutely amazing and I should go buy it. It takes the shame out of it, it takes the stigma out of it. A lot of women are terrified to even masturbate and touch themselves with their own hands, let alone go and buy a sex toy. And I was like, it's a good step forward. It recognises women's pleasure. It, you know, puts importance on things like clitoral stimulation because his next comment was, you know, because I said, oh, like, would you, like be intimidated than like having sex with like sex toys in there and then like the great comment oh like if the dildo is bigger than my arm then maybe and I'm like well for starters I guarantee you they're almost not using a dildo it's something that's mechanical for clitoral stimulation so you've got that part of you know sex wrong and I can imagine what having sex with you would then be like I'm just picturing um, like a I'm picturing like a giant harp seal trying to crawl up the sand literally yeah, and then it was funny because like, when you obviously they confront them, they backtrack. And they're like, oh, no, I don't understand why women would feel shame about that or how women are, you know, I didn't understand or don't understand how they, you know, feel shame around masturbation and, like, don't they just touch themselves just like we did? I'm like, well, if you think about it, like, even back in high school, common knowledge that guys wank and get themselves off. Like, they joke about it all the time. It's almost like an expectation that's put on young men like it's just this expectation women if like you one they never talked about it in school two if anyone had even heard of that they instantly called a slut and like you know segregated from the rest of them and I'm like so then that obviously breeds into well like goes on into young like adulthood because like I was like I'm only 21 and I have a lot of friends they buying like your first vibrator terrifies them and they probably wouldn't do it unless there were women talking about it and I know like my podcast like I literally have my it's like that people will meet me and then they'll other women they'll find out that like I'll do stuff like this and they just let everything out and they're like oh my god I can talk to someone and it makes them feel normal and it's I think sex toys are one of those things they have so much shame and stigma attached to them just without just society and culture like pleasure isn't something that's talked about in sex education which I think is massive that it's not like that's such a big mistake because if you ask majority people why they have sex it's for pleasure it's not just to reproduce and that's what they base sex ed around which therefore is centered around the male orgasm and centered around penetration and sex is so much more than that and it you know and then for all the lgbtiq plus communities and people it instantly you know segregates them because if sex isn't penetration then is it sex like it brings up those questions and it instantly takes pleasure away from women as well because a lot of women can't you know have an orgasm from penetration I think it's like 70% can't so if 70% can't is it it then normalizes that well women don't orgasm there's like that idea especially for younger women they think that it's normal to not orgasm and they don't even try and they think something's wrong either with them or they don't even try and achieve an orgasm or masturbate or work on pleasure within themselves because they're just like, oh, no, that's normal. It's normal for me not to have an orgasm. It's like, well, you know, science science states and it might... See, a lot of people look to yourself like you're a leader in this particular circumstance for those around you. Um, you know, I, I think it's great that, you know, we can openly chat about this. Like, I, you know, people of the LBGTQI+, hopefully I said that right, you know, and so like, I, I don't, I've got a few trans people in my life, but I've never really spoken about sexual interaction with them, like that they have with their partners, because I just, I I genuinely didn't want to pry, but um, I would imagine that once you start talking to people and then you break through that, like that level of awkwardness, a lot of people would like probably share their, their, their circumstances with you. Um, I, I, a bad example, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine is a Muslim man and he's, uh, he's from France. So he's African French calling, he calls himself the black French dude. Cool. And Samba is a practicing Muslim and he doesn't drink or, you know, they they don't eat the the pig and things like that. Cool. Power to him. And he was saying that like, you know, I would rather people ask me why we don't do such things than people make assumptions. Like, you know, he said it's hard enough being of African descent. Plus, when you say you're a Muslim man, people just automatically think the worst about you. And 
I think in yeah. the same scenario, the idea of normalization, like people are going to think the worst about you. Like from a guy's perspective, if a guy can't get a woman off just by through means of penetration, he might feel inadequate. But as a natural fact, you just said 70% of women can't get to that point. So you need to use other means, whether it's in the form of a toy, your tongue, your fingers, whatever. Me personally, I'm empowered if I can make sure I look after her and get her off first. Like it, it makes me, it makes my experience more pleasurable. And that once she's, if I'm able to get her to that point, then it's like, how many more times can I help her enjoy this? And in turn, it makes me enjoy it too. That's just me though. Like everyone's funny you say that. Yeah. I was just going to say, so when, like when you ask, when I've, well, my personal experience, I'll ask a guy. So like what turns you on? And nine times out of ten, they'll say, oh, like, you know, your pleasure or, like, they're, the person they're having sex with, the pleasure that they can see or hear them experiencing. And I'm like, well, if that is your main turn-on, why aren't you putting the time and effort into actually pleasuring me? Because nine times out of ten, they're, they're not. And I just found that so interesting that I have, you know, those conversations and the... the they have this, you know, that's maybe they just don't really know what turns them on properly yet, but maybe. they, or, yeah, they just seem to like miss, I don't know, that part. I think another thing, there's just not enough for a lot of women, especially foreplay. And like, there's just, there was a really, actually Chantelle Odden, she's an amazing sexologist. She had a really good term. Um, is, she out the, of play. Um, is she the partner of Dylan Alcott? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool, cool, yeah. And that instead of calling it like penetration and foreplay, out of play and interplay and like out of play being everything that's obviously like outside of penetration and using that term instead, because I think when it comes to sex, there's that rush to penetration. And for a lot of women, they need a lot of stimuli, a lot of build up to be able to just get aroused enough to then be one ready for penetration if that's where they're going. And just like... They need it even just all throughout just to, you know, be able to even get there. Some women are fortunate and they can just have penetration and have an orgasm. And the other thing is for a lot of women, the first orgasm is 100% going to be the hardest. It's the the hardest to get to. Um, And also I think another thing like being in the moment and like mindfulness, like actually getting out of your head because for a lot of people there's so many other issues when it comes to sex they're so out of their head they're like how do I look like this and my how does my body currently look or they're thinking about you know trying to give that other person the best sexual experience and not focused on like themselves and then I think if you finally just come back into your own mind and focus on like what do you actually feel right now, also probably taking the goal of orgasm out completely because as soon as it's funny, like as soon as you get rid of that pressure and that goal, all of a sudden things just start to happen. And when you, because you've changed your your focus of sex and if your focus is just pleasure, then you're so much more likely to actually experience the pleasure you want and then be able to reach an orgasm. Yeah, I think... Like you said, it's uh, from a male's perspective as well. Like things like how do I look in this perspective? Like stereotypically, I think women would be concerned about their appearance more so than men in some ways. Yeah. And I tell you what, if, if in my opinion, like maybe I'm speaking on behalf of some men, I don't know, but there is no bigger turn on to me than like just being natural. Like It's just like, oh, do you want, it, do you want me to send you a selfie? Just let me put on a filter. No, I would, I would rather see someone in their natural glow like i would just rather see like you know what hell yeah you look awesome in your pajama pants that's a great look you know like confidence at your most comfortable is to me like it it it, it's 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 awesome it's everything and i'm i'm a big fan of someone who's just just themselves um it's it's such a huge turn on both emotionally and physically for me personally yeah definitely yeah, no, that's good to hear. I think because a lot of women are insecure too and they have these self-esteem issues, especially because sex, you know, you're stripped naked and, you're, you oh, know, it's... it's it's emotional experience, physical experience. It's so many different things and it strips people back in many different ways. So it can be extremely daunting. But knowing that their partner, I suppose that's one thing that partners can do more is, you know, have that reassurance and that, 
you know, compliments and different things. I don't know as a woman, I never compliment men. I don't know if it's just me, me, but I feel like men never receive compliments. So I can imagine themselves. Oh, I, I am such a recognition uh, for me in relationships means the world. And like yeah. the fact that I'm a shift worker makes it tough as well to meet people. So I'm currently single and like you try the dating thing and, and to meet someone who would understand that, you know, between podcasting and shift work, like I'd need to prioritize time to, to talk to them, of course, but you know, just to know like, Oh, Hey, I know you got a, <clears throat> excuse me. I know you got a 12 hour night shift ahead, but just to let you know in the morning, I'm thinking of you. And when I knock off work, when you wake up, I'll come and see you. It's small things like that is what to yeah. me, I think the best sex I've ever had was, when I was with someone over a period of time and you get to learn what they're, you know, what they like and they learn what you like. And, uh, you know, when, when it's firing or, oh, daddy's eating up over here, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a dickhead. Yeah, but it, and it's, it, it, no, it's funny. It's very, very funny. Um, yeah, but it's good that you're aware of that too because so many people don't even know what they need or want. But I suppose that also comes with experience and age, and yeah, like well, a lot I, of the people. I've um I've been lucky. Just, like, I just I just happen to be ten years older than you, and through yeah. experiences I've had, like through hard, I've had my heart ripped out. I've had, I've been taken advantage of. I've had, um, like a lot of people say as well. Oh, men don't get sexually assaulted. Yeah, bullshit, bullshit. Yes, they definitely do. Um, anyway, that's the story for another time, but um. It um it it does happen in all ways. Like just because the numbers happen to be that more women are affected by that said thing, there are other minorities that get assaulted as well. And I think if you're talking about sex and relationships in general, it's something that we're all involved by. Sorry, I was just pulling up my sock, and uh, it's something <laughs> it's that okay. it's something that affects us all. So when you're talking to the next human about sex out there, guys, just have an open ear and don't be so closed-minded because. That closed-mindedness could be keeping you from the best orgasm you've ever had. Mm, 100%. And I guess my bitch, we'll keep it on it like a sexual sexuality bitchy with Mitchy from my perspective, is that I don't like I don't like people that aren't upfront with me. Like I understand that people aren't as confident as I am, and that's fine. Not as much as of a communicator, but it's when you say, for example, get invited out to dinner and you say like on date one we're not going to have sex okay fine that's that's your prerogative and i'm not here to pressure you but then when you like this is this happened to me uh recently and then when she's like do you want to come back to my place and we can spoon i'm like okay no problem and then she cracked the shits at me because i didn't make a move on her. i said you said you didn't want to do not give me conflicting like signals either you do or you don't I just happen to be one of these respectful dudes that, you know, she's like, I can't believe you didn't make a move on me. I'm like, well, why is it up to me as the man to make the move? Like this yeah, stigma definitely. of if you want to make a move and then always speak your intentions and it's much of a turn on if a woman makes a move on a man in my experience and like, but yeah. always make, don't give mixed signals. Just, just be upfront. And then I was, definitely. I was I was a dick because I was a nice guy. I'm like that's that's the worst reverse handed compliment I've ever received. No, so, definitely, and that's hard too when she's already set she has set a boundary and then you haven't pushed it. <laughs> like you can't crack the shits over that. No, and Especially, I yeah I let her have it in terms of like I just I was assertive. I wasn't like angry. I said, look, you said this, you've done this, and now you most people would feel inadequate. I'm gonna say. You need to sort your shit out. I'm done here. So I, I cracked up and left. And she texted me saying, I couldn't yeah. believe you didn't touch me. I'm like, doesn't work like that. So. Yeah, anyways. no, definitely. It's, so, yeah. Well, it's good that you did stand your ground on it too. So then at least she knows for future reference if she's going into something that maybe she shouldn't approach it in that, maybe, in that way. I don't know. It's up and to And then what, what does it say? Yeah. I wonder what that then, if it's just. Like, obviously, maybe just an issue for her or how her past experiences. Maybe she has set that she doesn't want to have sex and then it does get pushed. So she just expects it to be something that isn't just meant to happen, if you know what I mean. Don't know. What does that say about, like, her confidence or the character person that she is too? Mm. If it, to me... Yeah, definitely. That screams, like, that she might need some help. I don't know. I'm not a a therapist. I can't analyse these things. But all I know is that we didn't speak for long after that it was argumentative and i said look i think you're lovely but you're not the one for me so yeah 
So if people want to listen to your show, um, where can they stream you? And if they want to get in contact with you and share their stories, whereabouts can one find you? Yeah, so my podcast, The Sealed Section, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically any um, podcast streaming platform you can find it. And if you want to get in contact with me, I have an Instagram for the podcast at The Sealed Section, which has podcast stuff as well as just other um other posts about just sexual issues and bringing awareness to different things and so that's just at the sealed section and then my email is emily duncan at the sealed section.com so if you want to don't have social media and media and you want to get in contact with me um that would be the best other way yeah i will make sure that i include the correct spelling um and all that stuff in the episode bio but uh is there anything else that you'd like to close out on or anything that you'd like to to say before we go I think we've covered a lot. We've covered a this lot of different issues. Um, this has been a great issues. chat. <laughs> yeah, no, it has been really good. I think if anything, just, you know, as you said, have an open mind, start exploring different things, explore your own body first and your own sexuality and what you want out of your sexual life. And yeah, and don't be afraid to go and get help for that too. That's why there's sexologists out there, sex therapists to help guide you. And it shouldn't be something that should be feared. And don't, don't assume you know everything because I guarantee, yeah, 100%. I can guarantee everyone out there that there is, you don't know everything. If you know, if you've read Kama Sutra, you probably haven't read Kama Sutra 2.0, you know, like things like this. So, and you don't know the, the, the specifics behind the person you're with. It might take a, you know, a, a counterclockwise motion to get to that point, or it might take a, an ex- excessive amount of foreplay or whatever it might be, or a toy, or who, who knows? I just say, yeah, definitely talk it through because I am my, my me my myself. Or I'm I'm more attracted to someone emotionally when I know more about them as well, and I am aroused by communicating. And uh, I think you know that's a it can be a powerful thing for many people. Yeah, definitely. So thanks thanks for coming along today, Emily. That's episode thirty eight. Cruising through these now, and I'll <laughs> catch you guys in the next one. Bye for now.